Oh, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I am Mr. Warren Hayes, and this is my show. You see how that goes? It is. Uh, we are recording today on November 15, 2022. Thank you very much for letting me into your ear holes, whether it's on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes or on your favorite podcast feed. Look, if you're listening to this on YouTube, do me a solid. Cons- give the video a like. Consider subscribing if this is the first time here. If you're first time here, right? Because that helps the that helps us grow on YouTube. You can also do the same thing on uh, on on your favorite podcast feed, wherever you listen. But on top of that, you know, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can give a five star review, and that stuff helps out a great deal as well. Plus, five star ratings on Spotify are a thing too, so you can do that as well. All that is fantastic, and it helps the the channel out a great deal. You know, this week I did a AEW Full Gear 2022 preview show because we have that big show coming up in a couple of days. So while I do talk a little bit about Full Gear, I, I, I'm not giving my full thoughts because I've already done that. On top of that, I didn't do it alone. I was joined by uh, Fightful Overbook's own tag talk duo of Haley and Kylie. They joined me, both of them, to break down the entire card. So it's a nice, fun enjoyable breakdown of the entire card pinpoint precise predictions on top of that it's available right now on everywhere youtube podcast you can listen to it. maybe not right now if you started listening to this finish this and then go and move on to the preview show but we break down everything and it was a good time shout out to uh, to both uh both ladies as well because uh they they were just absolutely phenomenal and a, just a great conversation per usual uh, with the quality of guests that I have here, but Haley and Haley and uh, and Kylie are in a uh, are, 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 are 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 in their own little. Uh, they they set themselves apart. There you go. That's what I wanted to say. They set themselves apart. Um. So yeah. So look, we're we're gonna jump right in here. Of course, you know, per usual, there's the Mr. Warren Hayes Show Discord that's there, and you know, with all the insecurities around Twitter and how will I be able to connect with pro wrestling fans and so on and so forth, come and join the Discord. I mean it seriously. This you couldn't find a better place to come in and chat about pro wrestling and laugh and have a good time and you know we get you know there's some impassioned discussions there's a lot of goofing off as well we enjoy all aspects of pro wrestling so come on in the link is in the description we would love to have you and you know it's a good place to continue to connect with pro wrestling fans especially if uh, you know twitter goes the way of the uh, dodo you see the bluebird the dodo will be able to say Things go the way of the Twitter moving forward, but we probably will never say that, Warren. What are you talking about? Uh, so there's that. Don't forget on Thursday, there's the AEW Dynamite review that will be coming up. Uh, it's going to be the go-home show, the AEW go-home show that will be popping up on uh, on Thursday. So you don't want to miss that as well. So you got to make sure that you're subscribed to uh, wherever you follow the Mr. Warren Hayes show. Plus on Friday uh, over uh, Friday at noon, I will be doing Going Broadway, which is the members only stream where we talk about all sorts of things that I didn't get to talk about today, such as the NWA. Might talk about it Friday. I don't know. I don't know how you guys, how much you guys are burnt out or not on the NWA. (laughs) We'll see. The only way the only way you can find out is becoming if I'm going to talk about it is becoming a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel on YouTube.com/slash Mr. Warren Hayes. You click the join button, you become a member. It's a little way to show some support. Plus, you get some extra content from your boy. How about that? Um, so, as for today, though, on today's podcast, we are going to be uh, we're going to be talking about some uh, bits and pieces uh, in regards to AEW. You know, Eddie Kingston's 
match with Junakiyama's coming up. We're going to be talking about some some details on Full Gear. Maybe talking about some of the business uh, regarding you know the uh, how how well I feel uh, Full Gear is going to do. Um, got some thoughts on Jamie Hayter becoming champion or not. Yeah, so there's that that we're going to be talking about. Um, we're going to be talking about Sasha Banks filing trademark Stone Cold Steve Austin and a big preview of the historic New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling Stardom show, which is which just turns out to be called Historic Crossover, which is going to be happening this weekend uh, on uh, on November 20. So I'm going to be previewing that. It's a big show. Lots of stuff that that, that I got into. So uh, thank you for being here. Let's just get to it. And we're going to move right in to say something nice about Bill Gold. Whenever people talk about a recession, Goldberg never really seems affected. He always responds, I don't care, I'm already bald. We're almost done. <laughs> we're, we're almost done with the nice things about Goldberg. I'm so stoked. Um, weekly wrestling inspection. What am I doing? Now, I, I wouldn't want to see, <laughs> I wouldn't want to say that I'm in such a really good mood today, like, like everything's flowing and, you know, I don't feel like the weight on my shoulders, like there's a huge weight on my shoulders that I feel free and light and so on and so forth because I decided to stop watching WWE. I don't want to say that specifically, Okay. But because you know, we'll, we we need a little more. Um, we, we we need a little more, a few more weeks of this to see if this if there's a direct correlation or if this is a coincidence. Okay, because I told you I told y'all last week, right? That uh, uh, that uh, I'm 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 done. Uh, you know, I I feel like I gave the you know the Triple H era that everyone got really excited about and was telling me constantly how good it was. I I felt I gave it the the best possible shake. Last week broke me. I was like, no, I'm I'm good. I'm done. We're moving in. Thank you very much for believing in self-care. But um, but there's one thing that I do want to to mention. Cause my cause my position is still going to be the same in regards to WWE, okay? As I as I had started a few months ago. If I, I you know, my in, in my haunts, in my circles, I'm gonna reach out to people and like, is there anything I should watch? Is there anything of you know that I should that I should jump in and 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 that I should go back and look at? Was there something extremely good or was there something extremely bad? You know, I, I, on both sides of the spectrum, right? And everyone was talking about Austin Theory. So I did go take a look at it. Um and 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 look, like I said, like in regards to the Austin Theory stuff. That happened last night on Raw. I have no more pony in this. And Austin Theory is, he's not a guy that I'm interested in. He's not someone who makes me tune in to a wrestling program. I don't care about Austin Theory. He does not have qualities that I look for in a wrestler. He does nothing for me. 
All right? Like, just... And, and there's just wrestlers like that. And there's some in AEW as well. But, you know, it's like, all right. Um, he's... Uh, this is a guy where I'm like, I just... I'm, I, I don't care. Now, now, from what I'm seeing is that we're doing a full turnaround, right? Like the, you know, I, I heard his promo and, you know, the thing, you know, now that he, now he's aggressive, now he's like, now he's got a chip on his shoulder. And, and I understand why they did this, you know, was to, was to wash the stink of Vince off of him, right? Where Vince saw this one path for him into becoming, you know, a superstar and the Money in the Bank briefcase, you know, once again, completely devalued. And so on and so forth. And, 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 you know, and then people have been telling me, you know, Warren, you know, Austin Theory is going to be fine. He's going to be fine. I don't care if he's going to be fine or not. Like, this is the thing. It's like, he, he, if, the, if he has the WWE machine behind him, he's going to be fine. Or at least he should be fine. They should be able to make a star out of him. Because it's the biggest fucking wrestling company in the goddamn world. He should be a star if they want to make him a star. It's not a problem. And we know how they go about it. We, you know, we've, we see, we, maybe things will be different down the line with Triple H, you know, but we know how WWE operates. We know how they do this. They, they come in and they have us, they, they, you know, they have the guy, they have a John Cena, they have a Roman Reigns, and this is the guy they're going to push down our throats until we fucking accept it, right? If they want to make that, if they want to do that with Austin Theory, that's what's going to happen. It's fine. Of course he's going to be fine. And then on top of that, they have the they have a director of long term storytelling. So I goddamn hope he's gonna be okay, you know. But I look, I, I, I'm I'm off the point that I wanted to make here. Last week, and myself included, you know, we were all we were all losing our minds over the you know over the the you know the money in the bank loss and you know how Austin Theory was the chump and so. You know, and now they're moving into this new direction with them. They're trying out something. They're use they're they're not retconning what's happening. They're using it as leverage to take his character in, into another direction. So you can't help but feel that, as I've said in a couple of occasions now, because it's a fairly recent thought that came to mind. You know, uh, you know, uh, this is still an example of hot take culture. You know, the, the idea that you absolutely have to react. You have to react now. It's happening. You have to you have to get onto Twitter. You have to put out a thought. Instead of, you know, as corny as this sounds, maybe letting some things play out. Of course, look, WWE uh, doesn't exactly have the best track record and has a history of shit in the bed when it, ca when it comes to continuity and giving us payoffs. So I can get that we're all a little jumpy, you know? But it's one of the reasons why, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I, when I was thinking about doing the Dynamite show, the Dynamite review, maybe I should do it, you know, after Dynamite. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to sleep on it. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to wake up the next morning. I'm going to be, you know, everything's going to be fresh. I'll think about, you know, write up some notes, make some connections. I'll see how things all fall together and have a well thought out perspective as opposed to, oh my God, this sucks. Of course, there will always be that, but <laughs> there's always be a part of that. But I feel like the, you know, the, the whole Austin Theory deal that, you know, that we all lost our mind last week, and, and I'm including myself in this, it, the, the, it's, 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 you know, hot take culture that is pushing us to have these instant reactions where it's like, no, this sucks, as opposed to take a, take a step back, 
and, and, and give it a couple of days to breathe if you need to. But maybe something is going to come out of this. I think uh, th that's ultimately what I feel about <clears throat> when, I'm, when I think about Austin Theory now. When I, when I see how all of this is, is, is coming together, I'm like, ah, you know, might as well... Uh, uh, might as well, uh, might as well just, uh, if we, if we had just given it a week more, be like, oh, okay, I get it. But again, you know, again, it's not as if WWE has this built-in good faith when it comes to their creative process that we can sort of lean back on and say to ourselves, hey, everything's, everything's going to be fine. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, don't worry about it. You know, the, the, the fine folks, the fine creative, uh, uh brains at WWE have got this. So maybe, maybe. This could be a, a, a significant starting point to this vaunted Triple H era, which, you know, I, I, which I, I feel has been overhyped to this point and hasn't really delivered, hasn't changed anything. And, you know, the show is back to where it was, if you ask me, and not just creatively. Uh, viewership numbers are, are telling as well. We're back to the same levels as last year. So whatever interest was garnered is back to being what it was. You, you still have the same crowd, so. But as we joked about in the Discord when, when we were talking about me not watching Raw anymore, not tuning into SmackDown anymore or NXT, and so, you know, we were joking around and saying, oh, so you're a casual now. You're exactly the audience WWE wants. There you go. Before we started recording, I threw up a poll for the members, the live, not the members, excuse me, the live viewers of the Mr. Warren Hay Show on Tuesday night, 7 p.m., Eastern, threw up a poll asking them what they'd like me to lead off the show with, because I wasn't quite sure. Uh, it's going to be a bit of an odds and ends show tonight. We've got a, things a little bit everywhere. Uh, but uh, the majority of, uh, of the, uh, the peeps popping in tonight wanted me to lead in with some AW notes that I have, because I have a few things uh, 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 that I'd like uh, to talk about in regards to uh, the wacky wild world of... Uh, all wrestling entertainment. Ha! Ha! You get it? Uh, we learned towards the end of uh, last week that Eddie Kingston is going to be uh, in a tag team match with his pal or Ortiz. He's going to be taking on the returning Kanosuke Takeshita, which is dope as hell. He's back. He's going to be back in North America. But more importantly, I believe... He will be in that tag team. Tag, tag teaming with Kanosuke Takeshita is going to be one Junakiyama, which is a big, big deal for Eddie Kingston. If you have read any of the multiple interviews that Kingston has done over the past few, uh, over the past few uh, months, years at this point, he's mentioned multiple times how much of a dream match it would be for him to fight Junakiyama here. And uh, look, here's a quote that uh, that uh, came out of an interview that he did uh, over at uh, Fanbyte, rest in peace, fanbyte.com. He said, quote, you know, about how excited he would be uh, to join him. He said, I would chop him, smack him, hit him, suplex him just like he would do to me. And we would fight and it would be great because I just like fighting in that ring. I know I would learn something from him in the King's Road style. It would be the highlight of my career. And once these 
elements started popping up. There was a, a bit of a grassroots movement from within the, the hardcore fan base trying to get, you know, someone to book this. Um, someone to book this match with, you know, trying to get Tony Khan to put this together, getting AJ, uh, AJPW's All Japan's Junakiyama here. And, and I'm excited for it. There's people in the chat who are excited for it. And why wouldn't you be excited for it? Because this match is going to slap. And and just like, and I mean, you could be here and you're, you know, I, I talk about multiple times you know, about New Japan, uh, Stardom, so on and so forth, because these are promotions I, I follow quite a bit. Don't talk about All Japan all that much. Uh, don't watch necessarily the, con- the the current product as much, but I am familiar with who Junakiyama is, saw quite a few of his matches. And, you know, maybe just to give some some depth, some context, just in case you're not quite sure who this guy is um, and why this is a big deal. Um, this is a guy who's been wrestling since the 90s. And he's he's usually a part of that conversation when you're talking about people who, who debuted as rookies and just picked up wrestling so naturally and so fast. He's he's usually included in those conversations. You know that when we talk about Kurt Angle, you know, and how Kurt Angle is like, oh, he was natural. He just picked up all the elements. Akiyama was the same way, and he started. He 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 worked in all Japan. Worked the king the King's Road style alongside the 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 pillars, right? And particularly with Misawa, and he was incredibly over with the fans because he was a young guy working this. Hard nosed style with Misawa, Kobashi, Tawe, Kawada. Uh, he was able to work that style with them. And you know, some people even say, you know, if if those four were the four pillars of all Japan, and if there had been room for a fifth, it probably could have been him, you know. Uh, and that's the thing. And, and so he's had this fantastic career having extraordinary matches. Uh, wrestling legends and becoming one uh, becoming one in the process as well. He's still wrestling today and he's still very much a, a practitioner of King's Road. Uh, you know, he followed Misawa when Misawa left All Japan and all that mess and to found Noah. Uh, uh, and, and if I'm not mistaken, um, Akiyama was even uh, positioned to be the ace of the company when, when they started it all. Um, and... You know, he's had a, a hardworking, steady career for himself. And, and you know, and as I mentioned, you know, t- really turning into, a, turning into a legend. And Eddie, Eddie Kingston, he's always been an All Japan guy. Like, he patterns his style off of King's Road. You know, the, the colors that he wears on his trunks are significant, uh, are representations to the, the pillars. Misawa specifically, or uh, quite a bit actually. Um, and, you know, so fighting for, so for him, you know, watching tape, training, seeing these guys beat the shit out of each other, trying to translate that into North American rings, trying to wrestle that style. He sees Junakiyawa, he was the, you know, he still wrestling today. He'll be Akiyawa, fighting Akiyawa will be the closest thing he'll ever get to fighting the pillars. Or, or, you know, Baba himself, right? This is a match that's been, that he's been wanting for a while. So I'm stoked about it. It's a tag match for whatever reason, you know? It's like, I'm pretty sure Eddie would be like, is like, 
probably in his heart of hearts, he'd be like, I wish I had, I wish I just had a, a single one-on-one with him. But this is this is still going to deliver. This is still a big deal for him. And it's a it's a bit of a big deal if you're, you know, if you're into this stuff. If you're, you know, if you follow Eddie Kingston's career, if you're into AEW, if you're into pro wrestling, this is a big deal for him. And I, and I'm glad that this is the kind of thing that we'll be able to see as wrestling fans and be able to enjoy it for the meta story that exists around it. That it's not just about this. This is the thing that pro wrestling that makes pro wrestling cool. Sometimes is that you know you know when when everyone talks about you know stories and we need stories and we need stories stories stories. And but sometimes the 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 real life aspect of it, the meta of it, can leak in, and it doesn't really matter. It doesn't it, it it doesn't change our appreciation. We don't need like you know weeks of uh, you know Eddie Kingston stealing Akiyawa's you know robes and you know and, and and dodging them at every given you know you know what I'm talking about like you know just shit. We just have this 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 umbrella, this meta situation here again. You know, meta is the best word I, I have right now to describe it. Where you have Eddie Kingston, who really, really wants um, Eddie Kingston, who really want, wants to get into it, and uh, and I honestly, I hope it works out for him. I really, really wor- hope it works out for him. I hope they have a fun match. I hope they have an exciting match. And this is a this is a headliner for Rampage. And and. <clears throat> and then Kenosuke Takeshita is back, which is fantastic news for AEW because Takeshita turned out to be one of, he had his excursion in North America turned out to be a star making performance for him. And not in the, you know, money in the bank makes a star out of someone when they can't, like, I mean, a legitimate star making performance. He, he came in. Uh, out of nowhere, had these fantastic matches with top guys who everyone was excited to wrestle him. And it just put him over completely. Now he's coming back to AEW. And all signs point at this moment, right? All signs point to... Um, to uh, All signs point to uh, uh, the... Um, uh, all signs point to uh, 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 Takeshita coming back, hanging around AEW, all signs point to him having a probably a much more serious push this time around. Because, you know, he'd lose the big matches, but that's fine. He's on excursion. He's on loan. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a contract. Everyone was like, put a title on Takeshita. He's like, he doesn't have a fucking contract. Don't put a title on someone who doesn't have a contract with your company. Look at what happened with New Japan. You don't do it. But now, like, like if, 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 um, you know, if the working relationship is solid and it's strong, this is what we have moving forward with uh, with him. You know, it's like there's so much good stuff that can come out of this. Yeah, like Takeshita versus Garcia. I mean, there, like there's already a slew of matches you want to see with Kenosuke Takeshita at this point. So this is a headliner for for Rampage, and you know what? This is what I've noticed for Rampage recently, right? Because this, you know, the story has been Rampage has become the B show, right? This has been the story for months now. Very, very tepid, uninspired Rampages. Um, you know, numbers are going down. They're still doing good numbers for a fucking Friday night at 10 p.m. 
Don't get too excited there, Warren. Take a step back. But you know what I mean? Like it's still, uh, it, 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 short Dante Martin and Takeshita too. That'd be dope. Um, but the, see, we, we, we get to the point where Rampage now, I feel what's been happening over the past couple of weeks is, uh, you know, again, uh, uh, Tony Khan said just be, not again, but, you know, sort of to give more context to this, you know, said a few weeks ago, multiple weeks ago at this point that, you know, he was going to try to bring changes to Rampage, you know, because he's aware, you know, of the numbers and, you know, people losing interest and so on and so forth. So what I've noticed is that it's become a little more of the hardcore fans show. It's become a little more of the show that you tune in to listen, uh, that, 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 to, to see matches that you won't see necessarily on a Wednesday where he'll bring in these, you know, he'll bring in Katsuyuri Shibata out of fucking thin air to have a match on a Friday night. Now he's bringing in Jun Akiyama to fight Eddie Kingston, a match that hardcore fans have been manifesting, helping Eddie get along, right? So I think this is overall part of the strategy. You know, and it, you know, there's no mystery to Kinosuke Takeshita showing up, show, showing up on 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 a rampage as well on his on his return from from Japan back to North America. There's no like to me. This is the angle that he's taking, Tony Khan. This is the the slant, I should say, as opposed to angle. Angle means something else. But this is the slant he's taking. I wouldn't be surprised that Rampage becomes more and more of a destination for hardcore fans, because who else tunes into pro wrestling at 10 p.m. on a Friday night? It's not a casual. You know, it's not a uh, it's not a, a, a QR code seeker. <laughs> you know, it's someone who will get excited at the idea of seeing uh, Katsuyuri Shibata in, in in his first match since January, third match since his career his career ending injury. Right? This is the kind of shit that I that makes me breathe, that gives me life. And I'm like, yeah, let's fucking go, Jun Akiyama and Eddie Kingston. Don't don't call me on Friday. Like you know, don't even don't even try to reach out to me. Hello, Warren. This is the hospital. Your children were in a fiery crash. Sorry. <laughs> the the fifth pillar of all Japan is here. I've got some King's Road to assimilate here. Uh, g- give me like ten to twelve minutes. I'm joking, of course, but that's that's what I mean. So I, it, I and when you think about it, it makes sense. It makes sense in that perspective because it is wrestling nerds that will watch wrestling on a Friday night at 10 p.m. It is, and I mean that lovingly because I'm absolutely a wrestling nerd. So why would you not put these these killer matches? And then you, have you noticed? Have you noticed then? There's no one, no one is going to, if, look, if he had done this for, for Dynamite, because I saw the argument, was like, why didn't he put this on Dynamite? Because you know what would have happened on Dynamite? Then he would have had the, you know, the legions, the legions and legions of people coming out and saying, oh, uh, who's Junakiyama? There was no build to this. Just because it's on a Wednesday night. And and then they tell me casuals don't watch wrestling. And then, yeah, but then you have people get, pissed off about but no one says a sh- no one says a thing about Friday night rampage 
And I keep circling back to this. And then and I keep, and I keep the, these mythical casuals that we keep talking about. The casuals have their program. They have their shows. They have seven hours of it per week. It's all theirs. If Tony Khan wants to turn AW Rampage into one hour of dream matches, of, you know, flaunting his relationships with other promotions and flying people in because, and, and just on their name value, you know, if he wants to bring in uh, Keno from Noah to, to, to get, to f fuck up John Silver, for instance, and don't tell me you wouldn't want to see Keno versus John Silver. Without having weeks to build to it, without having, just like, next week on Rampage, Kano versus John Silver, and I lose my shit. That's fine. Mayu Iwatani versus uh, Willow Nightingale. Let's fucking go. If he wants to turn it into that show, I am all for it. Yeah, you see what I'm talking Let's, let's go with Psycho, like Bill Bodkin said in the chat, let's go with Psycho Circus, Brignano, Vikingo, like that's it. If it becomes like the Carol Burnett show of pro wrestling, <laughs> this is a terrible, a terrible analogy, but you know, like she'd have like her, her set group, no, the Muppet show, there we go, there's one we can all get around, the Muppet show, where you have all your, your regular cast. You have all your cast of characters. You have Kermit. You have Fozzie. You have Gonzo. You have Miss Piggy. You have Scooter. You remember who Scooter was? Does anyone in the chat? This is one I'm throwing out to you without looking up on Google. Do you know? Do you remember who Scooter was on the Muppet Show? So moving along here, if they had this whole crew, but they'd always have this one guest per week, right? The human. Right? And sometimes it'd be sometimes it's a legit fucking person where you're like, oh my God. Okay, cool. Everyone knows who Scooter is. That, that, that I, 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 I'm excited. I had a scooter doll too. Here's a here's a here's a, a bit of a sideline here. I had a I had a Kermit doll and I had a a a a a a, a scooter doll as well. Now here's the most fascinating part. He and he had everything, right? The orange beak head, you know, and the little things, and the small round glasses, and the green uh, jacket, and the whole. His sneakers, and I shit you not, I kid you not. This is guarantee. I promise you, it's no. Uh, yeah, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not trying to make you pop right now. His shoes, his sneakers were made out of concrete. And I kid you not, not a warren. It must have been some really hard, like polymer plastic, like it was fucking concrete. And you know, my, I promise, and I'm sure my mother stored it away somewhere. It's probably in boxes somewhere, but I promise you, they were the hardest fucking shoes and when i'd swing scooter around i swear i i'd create like a 10 yard radius around me where people would not come close because anyone got beamed with that get a fucking concussion and i'm like they're selling this for like with distance i'm looking at them how are they selling this for his fucking feet are concrete I don't know if it was an analogy for the mob. 
Was Scooter in the? Did Scooter find trouble with with the mob? Is this, is this like some some weird Muppet lore that we're not aware of? <laughs> this is all true. This is all, yeah. Honestly, time permitting, I will try to snark, sniff around, and I will try to find Scooter with the concrete shoes. I promise. What was I talking about? AEW Rampage, making a show for nerds. Us nerds talking about the that that's a okay, so the Muppet Show analogy. There we go. That's why <laughs> So that's where we're all circling back here. Everything makes sense, folks. So the Muppet Show would do that, right? You have your regular cast and you have one person come in per week and you're like, holy shit, you know, it's uh it's Ziggy. It's uh uh, uh, uh Milton Burrell, it's uh, uh Barbara Streisand. You know, they're like, fucking hell. We're not getting the D-list. Like, if the Muppet Show were to follow the exact fucking uh, 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 um, uh, 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 pattern today, right? If it were to follow, if, it, if the Muppet Show were to follow the same pattern today, group of Muppets doing the show, and then you have one guest, you know, who hangs around backstage, just the, the one human guest. And I'm not talking what they did on on ABC a couple of years ago, which, you know, it's, eh, it was all right, but it wasn't great. If they did the exact same thing they did in the late 70s and the 80s with The Muppet Show, you know, they wouldn't be getting A-list people like they did back then. They'd be getting, you know, they'd be getting reality show stars, right? They'd be getting The Miz. <laughs> that, that's, that's who'd grace The Muppet Show. You know, you'd try to reach out to get like Angelina Jolie. You know, you'd reach out to get Zendaya, right? You'd reach out to get, uh, uh, um, um, I don't know, Jordan Peele, and they'd be, out, they'd be, out. but oh, maybe Jordan Peele would probably do it though. A bad example, but you know what I'm talking about, right? You, you'd end up getting, you know, you'd want Taylor Swift, and instead you'd get, um, I don't know, someone else, someone terrible. That's the thing. It's like it wouldn't. It's not the same. Anyway, AW Rampage is like the Muppet Show. That's what we get. Billy Corgan. We'd go for Taylor Swift, but we'd end up with Billy Corgan. There you go. Score one for AK Germany ninety six in the chat. Fucking hell. <laughs> um. <laughs> um how about we uh, my, my glasses are getting misty <laughs> okay how about we uh we do a little update on the world title eliminator eliminator tournament how about that because uh, that thing is is moving forward as it stands right now. Uh, we've had uh, three first round matches uh, that have occurred. We have three results here. We have Ethan Page who defeated Eddie Kingston. I told you all last week to brace yourselves for Eddie Kingston to lose. Hopefully you were. I'm telling you for all the reasons. I'm you got to listen to Lauren sometimes. Ethan Page went forward. Bandito defeated Roosh on Rampage last Friday in, in a fine match. Didn't Meltzer give it a really high star rating? 
And I was like, this, this was good. It was fine. You know, it was a it was a strong wrestling match. It was good stuff. But I mean, didn't he give it like a, a high four and something start? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I was I was surprised. The point being is that I was just surprised with the rating he gave it. it wasn't a bad match, but I, you know, I was like, wow, all right, we're maybe going a little overboard here. And Brian Cage defeated Dante Martin in a fun little uh, uh, affair as well. So. Uh, all we have left in the first round matches is Ricky Starks versus Lance Archer. And uh, everyone was kind of losing their minds last week when the Ricky Starks match was pushed back um, to this week because Ricky was quote unquote not medically cleared to compete because he got beat up in a because he got beat up in an angle. And it's crazy how sometimes the old work is still the new work, right? Where people then get, really bent out of shape and they're like, oh no, poor Ricky, they're going to screw him again, no, 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 oh my God, but it's a good energy to play because it's a work and people are getting worked and no one likes to get worked, which is weird because why do you watch pro wrestling if you don't want to get worked? This is a work and it's fine and I'm sure we will be able to get into, uh, get to Wednesday, they're probably going to blow, blow this match off on Wednesday, right? They're going to blow the match off on Wednesday. Ricky Starks, Lance Archer, then move to Rampage. Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage, and then we'll have our semis set. And this, when you think about it, makes really, really good sense booking-wise. You've got your, you've got your, your, your quarterfinal set up, Mandito and Rush. That's fine. You, you have those set up. That those are, those are ready to go. But now the story you want to tell is the story of Ricky Starks, the guy who, you know, the, that the, you know, has a groundswell of support, you know, a grassroots level of support. Everyone loves Ricky Starks. They, they, and they love Ricky Starks backstage. And I can't, I can't point this out enough. People have the memory of a goldfish, even though it's been disproved that goldfish have very, very short memories, right? Isn't, that's not a thing anymore. But they have very, very short-term memories, wrestling fans have sometimes because I've pointed to you every one of you listening watching every time they pulled out Ricky Starks they pull him out they put him on the 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 9 p.m quarter hour which is a crucial quarter hour because that's where you send out the big guns to keep people watching to the rest of the, to until the end you know people are flipping channels or you know it's just like oh maybe I should go watch you know whatever's on at 9 p.m on a Wednesday night I don't know I watch wrestling I don't know what's on housewives of you know whatever you know or a, a, a an nba match i don't know i don't know but i've been telling you they put ricky on there at 9 p.m because they like him and they believe in him if they didn't they wouldn't put him there right so now we're coming over here now what are you going to tell this is the story you're going to tell wednesday night on dynamite just like ethan page got his big dynamite win they're going to give Ricky Starks his big dynamite win. And then we're going to go to Friday because yes, he's he's beating Lance Archer. We've been over this. Lance Archer has to he has to he has to jump on a plane and head to Japan. He's in World Tag League, okay? We're, Lance Archer is not winning this in any way shape or form. So Ricky Starks wins here. He carries that momentum into uh, into onto Friday and there's there's much less of a gap in your memory as a pro wrestling fan and as, for momentum purposes as, as well. 
Ricky Starks has a big match on Wednesday. Two days later has another big match that's even bigger. And then the day after has a huge match in the finals. This makes a lot of sense. You want this guy to be a babyface. You want him to have babyface momentum. You want people to get excited. You keep that momentum going in the shortest amount of time possible. Go. Boom, boom, boom. Give him these great come from behind. Because look at how this was booked. Lance Archer. Brian Cage. He's the underdog in all this. He's the small guy. He's fighting from under in every one of these matches. The, like, this is classic pro wrestling booking 101. And knowing Tony Khan, he's not going to try and swerve us. And go, oh, you thought this was going to happen. We we're going to do something else. No, he's going to give us what we want. He's going to make us, he's going to make us happy. Right? And then we're going to get to Friday. We're going to get to Friday. Ricky Starks is going to win his quarterfinal. Uh, Ethan Page is going to win his quarterfinal. What's going to happen at the end of those matches? What's going to happen at the at the final match after the last guy wins? The other guy's going to come out and we're going to get a stare down. Or maybe they're going to just start beating the shit out of each other. They're going to give us something. How is this not great? How was the decision to move Ricky Starks off of last Friday to Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, all in one week? How is that not good booking? I don't know why I'm mad. <laughs> but I, I think, like, it's so simple. This is so, what we, what we talk, well, sometimes when we talk about how, how booking in pro wrestling sometimes is so easy. It's so simple. You don't have to overcomplicate things. Then the story you tell at the semifinals, that's a whole other story. Ethan Page going forward, uh, winning, winning, the, winning the, the Eliminator, Ricky Starks. You can tell good stories either way with Starks, with Page. I think you tell a better story with Ricky Starks losing. For Starks, I mean. I think there's, a, there's, more, there's, there's a stronger outcome for Starks not 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 getting the big win but look you can tune into my predictions show to hear the full thoughts here but this is where we're at and and you know what i none of these matches have disappointed none of these matches have been like well you know been some good stuff so far and hopefully you know i'm convinced this is going to start cranking up you got bandito and ethan page that should be a lot of fun and don't sleep on what starks is going to do here moving forward i'm excited to see how this all plays out um but yes i think we're all in agreement that ethan page and uh and uh, uh ricky starks are going to be in the finals right right of course um yeah i got some, you know I, again you know like i said there's a lot of um uh there's a lot of um there's a lot of thoughts regarding aw full gear that you can listen to on the uh on the preview show that I made, but there's a few, a couple of extra little elements that I'd like to talk about that we, we didn't have time to cover. One being this. I believe, let me put this another way. <clears throat> Not I believe. If I were Tony Khan, and I'm booking this show, this full gear pay-per-view, and it's my, First pay-per-view since the disappearance of Phil Brooks, CM Phil, CM Punk. Um, and I want to put my best foot forward, and I want to get some, and I want to get some buy rates and so on and so forth. 
You know what I'm doing? I am booking the elite for a surprise return on Wednesday Night Dynamite. Because I have them come out. I have them challenge the death triangle for the trios titles at full gear. And I think this is what's going to happen. Because I find the absence of Ray Phoenix, uh, 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 Penta, and Pac from the full gear card to be highly suspicious. Highly suspicious. And I know a lot of people would counter this. And, you know, people that I've, uh, I've talked to have, have countered this. No, have them show up as a surprise at full gear. And I'm like, brother, sister, <laughs> I don't remember who it was. doesn't matter. I'm like, listen, I am in a position right now as, a, as the owner of a company that for the first year since the inception of my company, my pay-per-view buys are not having year-to-year growth, starting with full gear. Now, no one was expecting full gear uh, uh, starting with All Out, excuse me. And no one was expect, expecting All Out to do better business than All Out 2021 because All Out 2021 was CM Punk's first match in, you know, eons. It did 215,000 buys. Like, only the most, uh, either the most uh, uh, unknowledgeable or bad faith actor would turn around and say, if they don't do better this year, that's a failure. Like there was no way they were going to do as much. And Punk was on the card. All out this year, we're still, you know, still getting full estimates still to come in. We're at 139,000 buys right now, which is, you know, quite lower than last year and is a is a downtrend from, um, and, is a, and is the first really notable downtrend, right? Because last year, and like I said, subsequently, uh, it, it does mark the first pay-per-view where you don't have a year-to-year, to have year-to-year growth. Double or nothing, 2020, 105,000 buys. 2021, 115,000. 2022, 155. Revolution, 2020, 90,000 buys. 2021, 135,000 buys. 2021, 155,000. And this is where we're at this year. So we're all... So I think Tony's first objective here with 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 the card is to uh is to get buy rates it's to get people watching to get people to buy the show now you've arguably lost the biggest draw in your company of course we're we're still speculating hasn't been official all signs point to cm punk being gone right there hasn't been any official word but you've lost the biggest draw in your company and now you're at a hundred, uh, and now you're you're staring down this barrel here, where I'm I'm convinced that while all out at one hundred and thirty nine thousand 
buys was still i still i'm convinced that they see it as a success i'm sure they're disappointed with the performance revolution like i said did 100 this year did 175,000 buys double or nothing 155,000 i'm sure they're disappointed that all out drew 139 that it, it it that it didn't hang in those waters so there's a downtrend first and foremost in the number of buys plus um you know we're starting to see you know it's the first time that there's no year over year growth for the pay-per-view buys so again i'd bring the elite on wednesday get people excited to see the elite wrestle again or whatever they're going to call themselves let's still call them the elite right because i'm still of the you know there's a rebranding happening they're not going to be called the elite anymore whatever they call themselves they're going to hit the they're going to they're going to come out they're going to get people excited there there are going to be people who are going to buy all out just on the premise that the elite are back that that is i feel it's it it, it shouldn't even be questioned i don't even think it's a i don't even think it's an issue you know what I mean? I think people are just going to dive in head first and be super stoked about it. And I don't blame them. I'll be excited for them to come back. What are you talking about? And then jumping into, uh, jumping straight right back for the trio's titles that they never lost. Let's go. Completely fine with that. And the feeling that you get right now is that the show needs a little help on the buy rate area. You've, you've, I've seen more than enough. Look, I have two thoughts on this, but I'm going to start with the, I'm going to go down this first path to begin with. You see a lot of, I, I've seen a lot of talk and a lot of, you know, thought pieces and tweets and whatever you want to call them. And you know what? I'm not super excited about the all-out card this year. Uh, not the all-out, excuse me, the fallout card. The fall, full gear, Jesus Christ. The full gear card this year. I'm, I'm ruining my own bit on top of that. Um, basically, people saying that they're not really excited about it. And it's like, I don't feel like any matches are hot. I don't feel... And I will agree with that to a certain extent. And I feel like but I, I, I can't help but feel that for AEW fans, this card is spot on on the money. I don't see, like, I, I don't see uh, anything, I don't see anything in this, uh, on this card this year that is, uh, you know, an absolute disaster or breaks patterns that we haven't seen before. You know, three women's matches on top of that. You got the acclaimed and Swerving Our Glory was going to be fine. John Moxley, MJF. Like all of these things are all big helps. The four-way match for the Ring of Honor Championship. Tony, Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter is a match fans just have been clamoring to see. Luchasaurus, Jack Perry. Jack Perry flying off of a cage. Sting. Come on. There's, there's meat to this, and I think that there are, there's just, I think I, I think it's usually the loudest voices, right? Who are, I find, always a little skewed, and say, well, I look at the card and nothing really gets me excited, you know. Well, but then again, these are the same people are gonna, you know, 
try to convince me that uh, Logan Paul is a good idea. Whole other discussion. Maybe the card on paper isn't the most star-studded affair, but I don't see anything here that, is, that, that tells me this is going to be a bad show. And most of the time, and I do say most of the time, AEW shows are... Uh, AEW shows and cards on Wednesday nights on top of that, people will look at the cards and like, what what is this? What's going on? And then you turn out to have a great Dynamite. More often than not, or a great pay-per-view. More often than not. I would say that the only true, the first real misstep that AEW has had on a pay-per-view show was All Out 2022. Still don't think that show was uh, was all that great. I didn't really enjoy it. That there was not much to like on the show. But if this is a show where... which This is a show that has to be significant for a couple of reasons. It has to be significant because uh, to show that there is... A, a clear and defined direction to what we're doing here, right? Something, something very clear, something precise that we're that we're doing moving forward with um, with now that we've cleared out whatever was going on in the locker room, that we settled everything that's been, you know, uh, uh, affecting the morale and the performance backstage, and that was. That was trickling on to television with some very strange bookings. Sometimes some slapdash decisions that were being made. Things that really didn't feel concise. That didn't feel precise is what I'm trying to say. Um, now, if, if if Full Gear wants to be like a reset show. A show where, okay, well, this is the, this is the, 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 the nugget that AEW is for the next few months right leading us into revolution taking us into the new year this is what all elite wrestling is going to look like i think there's a lot riding on this in that direction and i think there's going to be uh if the reports are true and if the locker room morale is better and so on and so forth i think a lot of people are going to want to put their best foot forward here i think the the, the leadership the locker room leaders backstage are going to do their best to get everyone into uh into their best possible mood as well so we'll see how all this turns out. But I think ultimately, you know, one of the things as well that 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 has that one of the things that 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 will be indicative here is MJF's power of being a draw or not. Because there's a lot of talk about that, right? There has a lot, there's a lot of talk about MJF, you know, being yeah, I don't think. Anyone denies the amount of talent he has, uh, how well-rounded he has. When he says he's a generational talent, that's a shoot. And I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone in good faith who would disagree with that. But then there's always the question of, oh, he's going to be a draw, he's going to be a draw. Well, now he has the opportunity. He has, he's, ju- he's jumping into the deep end. There's no CM Punk, there's no Kenny Omega, there's no, like, you know, there's John Moxley up there. But the usual draw, like the usual crew of draws that you'd rely on are not there. So if MJF is already carrying the star power that a lot of us portend that he does, um, 
it will re be reflected in the buy rate. It'll be, well, here I'm talking buy rates, in the number of buys, right? Doesn't that make sense? Like it, it's, a, it's a bit of a coming out party for him on that level. He wants to be the main event guy. He wants to be the top guy. Well, can he drag asses to this show? Now, apparently, I was checking out WrestleTix and, you know, they, they, all, they have all but a thousand tickets left, right? They opened up a new section, actually. Just a couple of days ago, they were very close to being at capacity, as they usually do. You know, all arena shows do this, you know. Then they move things around and make more tickets available. So that is about all but a thousand tickets are, so that's good. Because AEW's live attendance uh, since uh, since the end of the summer uh, hasn't been all that fantastic. So this is good. That's a good sign. I don't know how exactly this... It, it, it's a tough one to call as far as this... It's not going to be a disaster. You know, it's not going to be suddenly we're reverting to 90,000, 80,000, 70, we're, that we go back to 2020 by levels, you know, we're, we're, you know, that's just not something that's going to happen. I think, however, that this, so, you know, I think whatever they pull out is going to be successful for them. Is it going to be a blow away success? No. If Full Gear last year with the coronation of, uh, Hangman Adam Page uh, on the uh, at the top of the bill the, the thing that everyone was excited about got us to 155,000 buys plus CM Punk on the card as well he was fighting that was his match with Eddie Kingston if 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 we were at 155,000 last year we're in a bit of a downturn here uh, I and and All Out did you know, estimates still at just shy of 140,000. I'm going to call 130,000. I'm going to call 130K. And if it's more, it's more. I I have, I'm, I'm, but as we're standing right now, and I might revise this uh, uh, Thursday on the Dynamite uh, review. I'm giving myself that, that opportunity. Um, I might revise my my prediction for the buys because if the I, I if the elite show up on Wednesday to drive up some business, I think we 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 could start moving around the one hundred and thirty five thousand mark. But as it stands right now, I'm feeling one thirty low end, like very low end would be one twenty. I think my median would be 125. No, no, 130 would be my 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 median. I'm gonna call 130. I'm gonna call 130 for now. Revise it as needed, depending on what happens on dynamite. I think we're gonna get surprises at at Hall Out, don't get me wrong. And I think one of the surprises we're going to get is a surprise that uh, nobody really wants to hear. But I don't, I think Jamie Hayter is going to lose. <laughs> I think, I think Jamie Hayter is not going to win the AEW Women's Championship. And I will go, as, I'll, I'm even going to go a step forward. I, 
I would I yeah I I don't even think she it's time to strap her up and this got me some interesting some shocked faces during the AEW uh, Full Gear 2022 preview show, which you should listen to, absolutely, when we're done here. Um, you know, Haley and, 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 and Kylie, who were joining me, they, they were in utter shock when I told them, I think Tony Storm retains. And not only that, Jamie Hayter should not be strapped up. It's not time yet because it's too soon. And I think that this idea that she needs to absolutely be strapped up like right now, let's fucking go, is a very WWE-pilled way of seeing things. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. And we will turn to Liv Morgan as a perfect example where everyone was sort there was this big groundswell of support put the title on Liv Morgan and, and let's be honest in the worst way possible with the money in the bank and the way it was defended her championship was defended like it was not a good it was not a good run and every all the you know the, the like the hardcore support that she got it sort of all petered away and it didn't look good on her and it tainted it and I I still maintain she's never going to sniff a singles title again in WWE I don't think this is what we're going to do. I don't think that's the same case for, for Jamie Hayter. I just think that right now, her organic build that she has, because it's organic, She's got she got herself over. No one else but herself got herself over. The organic build that she created for herself came because she bet on herself. She started working. She, she provided fantastic matches, and it's not her... It's not her promo skills. It's her in-ring charisma. It's her work that got her over. And the audience got behind that. And then eventually Tony Khan started putting her in situations and matches where he's like, oh, okay, she's getting pops. Oh, we're putting her against this person and it's working out. Oh, we're getting crowd reactions when we get these Jamie Hayter and so-and-so together. He saw that build. He's like, okay. Right now, the most interesting match I can give Tony Storm right now without going immediately back to the Britt Baker well is to do the Jamie Hayter match. And they're going to have a fantastic match. They're going to have, they have on paper right now, a match that can steal the show. They have the match, they have potentially uh, the makings of the best women's uh, uh, match in the history of AEW so far. All of the, all of the pieces are in place. For that to happen at full gear. But the fact that her build is so organic. That she has this groundswell of crowd support. Tells me. And it's it's bubbling. It's nascent. It's been just a couple of months. It's been just a couple of months. Why are we doing that? And why would you strap her with the interim title? Why would you do that? To then... Go drop it to Thunder Rosa? Would that be the... Why would you do that? When you start to break this down and then you say to yourself, look, one of the things that we criticize the AEW booking of the women's division is that the, the only feuds that we get, the only storylines, the only shit that ends up on pay-per-views 
are title matches. We're getting at full gear a reprieve on that. We're get where we're getting Soraya versus Britt Baker, which has nothing to do with titles, and I applaud. I appreciate that. If you have Jamie Hader, who has gotten herself over, who people are cheering for, wanting to see her fight, if you have her and you can create quote unquote mid-card feuds for the women's division based around her having her fight Willow, Athena, uh, fucking Riho, like have her toss, uh, you know, have her get her get her into a program with Sheeta. Like, let's do these things. Let's build her properly. Let's turn her into the monster to a degree that they wanted Nyla Rose to be. And Nyla is much more suited to do the, you know, her to do her Twitter shit posting gimmick, which is fantastic right now. Nyla's doing the work, the best work of her career without being, you know, the invincible beast. Jamie Hayter can do that because she's credible, because she's a great wrestler. Everything she does, it's crisp, it's sharp, it's believable. She's a very good pro wrestler. Unlike in other promotions, I would like to believe that the women can get over without the need of putting titles on them or having them be the folk, having their the only focus be on women who have titles and their challengers. I would continue to build Jamie Hayter, get her even hotter than she is right now, build her even stronger than she is right now, have her, have her go on a tear, have her go on a run, have her divest herself of Britt Baker before we get into championship territory. Why not? It's not time. It's too soon, too early. We can squeeze more. There is so much more to squeeze out of this Jamie Hayter run than instantly going, oh, okay, she's hot, let's do it. Sometimes it's a good idea, but Jamie Hayter has such upside. Her ceiling is world champion for that company. Don't get me wrong. That's her ceiling. And she has such upside to be the worker, to be the, to be the Bret Hart to a degree could argue with Serena Deeb but I think Jamie Hayter has more overall appeal I think there's a lot more to get here there's a lot more like Jamie Hayter could be the Bret Hart to Britt Baker Shawn Michaels you know what I'm saying and jumping the gun having her win the title the interim title on top of that is I think will be a wasted opportunity. I know people are going to be mad on Twitter. People are going to lose their mind. They're going to add Tony Khan. They're go- but it, it will, trust me, it is the best decision right now. But what Tony Khan has to do is follow up. He has to follow up and go, hey, you know what? What... Uh, you didn't win the title, but we're going to have you do this, 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 and this, and this, and this. We're going to have, this is my plan. Let him pull out his little spiral notebook and, and flip through the pages so, and have him show everything he's drawn out for, for, for Jamie Hayter over the next few months. She can't be on the sidelines anymore. I think we're all in agreement with this. And the only reason we 
want her to get strapped and people want her to get strapped is because we feel she's going to be sidelined if she doesn't win and that's a booking problem and it's a booking problem that the booker can fix can't say it enough if you make if the booker decides to push someone and make them feel important the audience will buy into it if he pushes the right people in the right circumstances of course but Jamie Hayter is the right person and she is unheralded right now but she can be she can be someone that you can bet your women's division on be a solid competent professional wrestler that will have the engagement of the audience and that will be able to on top of that put on killer matches carry the more inexperienced people make sure that matches because she's been doing this professionally internationally for so long there is so much upside to Jamie Hayter it's weird that I'm using all of these the all of this to say don't strap her up but I think it's a mistake if they do I think it's hot shotting and I don't think it's going to do her any service and it's not going to it's not going to it's going to hurt Tony Storm more than anything else as well so we got to I just want to touch on this really quickly but you know, it, it, we have to talk about this um, it was found out today that <clears throat> Sasha Banks uh, or aka uh, 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 Mercedes uh, Var, Var, uh, Var, Vardano Var, I can never pronounce her last name correctly uh, under her company Solnado Inc., which was created just a, a couple of months ago, filed trademarks. Very interesting trademarks. Um, this is, again, this is Sasha Banks's company, Solnado, or Solnado to rhyme with her last name. I don't know. The point here. Is that she 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 made four distinct trademarks and they are as follows: statement maker, Mercedes Monet, Monet Talks, and Bank Monet. The trademarks are listed as for entertainment and merchandise purposes. I'm reading this off of uh, the Wrestle Purists article, by the way. And it goes through a gamut of things. Of course, the usual entertainment services in the nature of live audio uh, performances by an actor or musician, live visual and audio performances by an actor, so on and so forth, right? The usual rigmarole when you, you know, when you see a wrestler trademarking their things, entertainment services, um, uh, you know, providing online videos, so on and so forth. But also, jewelry, and imitation jewelry, pins, uh, decals, stickers, posters made of paper, um, collectible printed trading cards, pictures in the nature of printed photographs, uh, coffee mugs, drinking glasses, water bottles sold empty, hats, leggings, pants, shirts, socks, bandanas, sweatshirts, hooded sweatshirts, Action figure toys, action figures, action figures and accessories, therefore, toy action figures. What is our girl Sasha Banks? What 
does she got what does she have going what what's what's the what's the sitch here what's what's cooking sasha because she tweeted right she was teasing not that long ago right last week that she was going to be in in boston right in boston uh, there was an event that wasn't in an aw i don't remember I'm like look sasha banks was it Philadelphia? No, it's Philadelphia. I, look, it doesn't matter. But when Sasha Banks starts tweeting out things that, oh, I'm in this town and in this town, she's not in that town. Or if she is, it's not for what you think it is. It's never for wrestling. It never has something to do with pro wrestling. But then, you know, everyone's wrestling brain kicks in and like, oh, she's letting us know that. No, Sasha's a worker. She works us and she works her fans a lot. She throws a lot of red herrings. So if she shows up somewhere, it, 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 you know, it, she's not going to let it know beforehand. This is going to be a complete surprise, right? So it's interesting that these trademarks are filed this week, um, a couple of days before uh, 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 um, the uh, uh, the couple of days before uh, 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 full gear. Hmm? Don't you think that's a little uh, a little odd, a little uh, mm, a little strange, a little hmm? Let me make you go hmm hmm. Kinda. I think, again, it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. In the meantime, she was announced uh, to be a part of a Comic-Con next year. Already in May. Which is possible, you know. But uh, it's starting to make you wonder just how steady the relationship between Sasha Banks or Mercedes Monet which I like as a name, FYI. I know there's, it's, it's become very d- divisive amongst fans. I like it. I think it's very much her. I think you, you, you hear the name Mercedes Monet and you hear it in Sasha Banks' voice. You know what I mean? I think it works. As rhythm to it, as beat, alliteration. I think it's good. But, um, you know... I don't, I, I think it's a little unusual that, the, you know, that it's all uh, trademarked this week. Look, I'm going to, I don't know where to stand on outside that my position hasn't changed. WWE needs Sasha Banks more than Sasha Banks needs WWE. And I know a lot of people are, you know, but of a little joke, you know, where people are like, oh, the, you know, Hollywood's uh, not breaking down her doors. She's doing ads for, you know, weed and shit like that. And who cares? This, you know, she's, she still has everything to prove, but the lady is being invited on to red carpet events and she has connections and she's been making these connections with all the appearances she's been making. She's in good graces with uh, the Disney family. That's an extremely good sign for whatever they want her to do. She doesn't necessarily, you know, it's not a question of suddenly being, you know, the top A-lister of a, you know, big budget blockbuster film or a or a prestige television show on FX or HBO. That's not necessarily the point. The point is, is that she can have easily, easily a career out of WWE where she will shine and do her own thing and where she can provide tremendous amount of value on multiple levels without being in WWE. And again, WWE needs her more than she needs them. 
She is absolutely okay because she has alternatives. And even if it's not in the realm of entertainment, there's AEW wrestling. There's a New Japan belt that's about to pop up. We're going to talk about that in a little bit though. There's a lot of stuff that she could still do. There's a lot of stuff that is still available for Sasha Banks to dip her toes in pro wrestling still. She's, I'm not saying that she's going to erase it completely from, from, from her existence. What I'm saying, and this is what I've been saying from the start, is that she is bigger than WWE. She doesn't need them as much as they need her. Sasha coming back to the company is a huge deal. That is something you put on the fucking... That is something that you erase all of the other goofballs on the Infinity Gauntlet meme, right? You erase them all. Well, you know, you take off, you know, topped dollar. You take off Braun Strongman. You know, you, you, you can scooch, you know, Johnny Gargano a little bit over here. You know, you can shove Dakota Kai over there, you know. But... The, the Infinity Gauntlet is, is then you, 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 put your, you put Sasha Banks there. That's what she is. That's what she represents. And we've talked about this in the past. You know, I'm Tony Khan. I'm getting all the monies to hire her because if there is one free agent pro wrestler out there that can be a legitimate game changer for any wrestling company who is not named CM Punk, it's Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, whatever whatever it is she's going to go. That's her moving forward. That, that is an instant ratings boost. Instantaneous. She will draw people. Sasha Banks is a legitimate draw. She gets people watching. She gets people buying their merch. <coughs> and her fans will follow her. They absolutely will. Now, is this what's going to happen? I have no fucking clue. And I, I was going down the path of, well, they're just going to return. They're going to, they're going to, she and Naomi are just going to, mosey on back to wwe at the beginning of the year like sasha had said or her agency had said that there she would not be taking any professional wrestling bookings right any matches until the new year until january 1st and then people are like oh day one day one day one's in the tank it doesn't exist anymore so i'm not saying that she's not going to show up in WWE, but this adds a little extra wrinkle to the speculation, and one which which weighs heavily into her not going back. Because why would you be trademarking your name, some taglines, some you know, some you know, little slogans, little catchy expressions, you know, statement maker, bank Monet, Monet talks, and 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 getting all the not just trademarking your name for entertainment purposes, live performances, the live arrested by an actor, so like, you know, jewelry, mugs, t-shirts, uh, photographs, posters. Why would you be trademarking all of that if you're deciding to 
continue on with the Sasha Banks thing? Can she have, are we, are we then led to believe that she could have negotiated something with WWE, which, you know, is not unfathomable, albeit weird and would be, I believe, a, a precedent as far as we know. Whereas she could, she would have negotiated to come back to WWE, do the Sasha Banks stuff, but she would have oversight on her career outside of WWE and merch under her, you know, her other name, her other working name. It all seems very convoluted though, where you'd have Sasha Banks, you'd have Mercedes Verdano, you'd have Mercedes Monet. It all seems very convoluted though. So I'm not quite sure, but like, it does not escape the realm of the impossible. Or she could just be ready to sit down with Tony Khan and say, look, I'm ready to sit, but I own all my trademarks. Whatever we put up on, uh, whatever we put up on, on pro wrestling tees, it's mine. It's my money. And this is, this is the check I want you to cut me. And if I'm Tony Khan, I'm saying, sure, yep, 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 yes, 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 yes. I'm going into renegotiations soon. I'm going into renegotiations soon. Sure, you know, insider sources have been telling the uh, Fightful, you know, they've been telling Fightful that uh, the uh, um, that we're all uh, we're all heading back. Uh, you know that uh, the uh, AEW will probably be re-signed into a pretty good deal. So let's go. It's interesting, is what I'm saying. It's an interesting wrinkle. It leaves a good, and it's a good proper wrinkle. It's one that derails anyone who's it's it, it anyone who's still like going oh she's absolutely coming back 100% is just doing it out of fandom out of faith because this should throw a wrench this should absolutely throw a wrench bare minimum into how you're feeling uh in, into uh Sasha's possibilities to return to to WWE at this point doesn't have to be significant. I still think that the safe money, the safe bet is on her going back to WWE. This lowers the possibility of that significantly because I still don't know what this means. It could be protections for her if, you know, when she does leave, if she, if she feels she got fucked over by WWE one more time and she leaves again, she has all this to fall back on immediately. I, I don't know. We're we're not around the table. We're not there. We're not discussing this with her, with Triple H or whoever's involved in these negotiations. We don't know. Stephanie McMahon, Tony, the Nick Khan, excuse me. Got to get my cons in order. That's what happens. But uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting, interesting wrinkle. Um, also... Interesting news that came out of the WWE as well is that uh, uh, Kevin, no not Kevin, well, yes, the Kevin Owens got injured. That kind of stinks, but that's not what I want to talk about because I do want to move on because I want to talk about the um, the crossover show. Uh, but uh, it's be, it's being reported that uh, that uh, WWE uh, has offered a match to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, let me, and this is according to a report from Fightful Select. I'm reading this off of the, um, the Wrestling Observer Figure 4 online website. Uh, uh, the, uh, the, according to a report from Fightful Select, WWE has presented 
Austin with a an offer for another match. It is not clear if the match would be for WrestleMania 39 in Los Angeles, Saudi Arabia, or somewhere else. While Vince McMahon was said to have been hopeful Austin would wrestle again, it was the new WWE regime led by Paul Triple H Levesque that made the offer. One source noted to Fightful that the two sides were initially far apart on terms. That's what negotiations are for. There was also uh, Steve Austin. He posted footage of him working out uh, earlier this week. So, you know, a lot of people are going, oh, he's coming in, he's coming in for another match. Um, and uh, he had hinted that he might want to uh, get back into the ring. Um, I think we are all very high on the idea of a Stone Cold Steve Austin, of a second Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, post-retirement match, whatever you want to call it, uh, since his uh, WrestleMania 38 match this year it was 38 right this year uh yeah yeah it was 38 <laughs> okay um but yes so we were all very I think we're all very we're all very high on that and with good reason with good reason because the match was very good it's one of my favorite matches this year I thought it was expertly produced I thought everyone worked their part perfectly it was tailor-made for Stone Cold to not have to bump, you know, on ridiculous, on a ridiculous level or put him into areas expecting him where the audience's expecting expectation would be to work like it's 1996 again. You know, you can't do that. Uh, but Kevin Owens uh, uh, and he, they made, they made a little something special. You know, we talk about smoke and mirrors often in pro wrestling matches when certain people can't work on the same level as others. You know, you start throwing, you know, you start throwing that expression around and they smoked and mirrored this, but you'd be hard pressed to be like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. Oh, I see what they're masking. It, it, it was not as blatant and, and obvious as other occasions uh, where, uh, where old timers maybe are brought in, guys who are way past their prime. Um, uh, uh, and 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 are, and are you know are expected to work, um, you know where they, was, this wasn't one of these situations where the obfuscation was obvious. If that makes sense, uh, I hope it did. <laughs> so um, so I I think it's I, I think it's it's smart. And Austin, look, Austin should milk all the money he can from this billion dollar company that wasn't exactly cool with him uh during the final uh days of his career and uh you know we know how tense it got between him and Vince and so on and so forth which is the story with Vince and a lot of his top guys um but um you know it, it makes it bears the question it makes you ask you know it's like you know can they pull it off again and I think they can of course it all depends on the opponent can they pull it off again sure but how many times can we pull off a match like we got at WrestleMania 38 without smoke and mirroring in different ways because we saw the pattern of the old match. If they did this, if they redo WrestleMania 38, they're going to go, we'd be, we'd be validated in going, oh, this is a little weird. This, this isn't great. But if they do something else, Will it be as exciting? Will it be as well put together? Will it be as fun? And how many times can we go through 
old-timer Steve Austin, you know, severely injured, you know, blown knees, so on and so forth. How many times can we do this before the veneer of his return or his capabilities of wrestling again begin to crack once again? How did, because that you have a shelf life with the amount of Steve Austin matches that you can pull back. You know, if you're doing this, you know, I think you do, you do a Steve Austin match at WrestleMania. And I think if you want to make it different from last year, but you still want to make it special, you bring in John Cena and you have that match happen. And it's not going to be a five-star classic. It's not going to be a, it's not going to be a work, a work rate spectacular. It's not going to be, you know, Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay. That's not what you're going to be tuning in for. You're going to be tuning tuning into the show. The spectacle of two of the goats, two of the greatest to ever do it, two of the biggest stars in the business, two of the two generations of WWE who both carried the company on their shoulders at different air at different times in the company. Clashing, doing a thing, providing an entertainment special. That's what, you, and, and and I think that's that has value for a WrestleMania because WrestleMania. I've come to grips with what WrestleMania is. WrestleMania is not is not a showcase of wrestling. It is a show. It is a showcase. You, it has nothing to do with the matches. It has nothing to do with the quality of the matches or the the inter- That's not. That's never what WrestleMania has been about for years. I don't want to say never, but it hasn't been like that for a long 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 time it's not it's not how exciting the matches are it's how much spectacle you get in your face that's that's essentially it and i get i you know i don't want to sound overly cynical i get into it as well i know what i'm getting into when i sit down to watch wrestlemania i know what i do you know i got out of my fucking seat when uh when the marching band came out doing uh doing Bianca Belair's theme and I'm like this is one of the greatest wrestling WrestleMania entrances of all time right here you know and and I'm hyped for it gets me hyped for the match the have and the match on top of that happens to be very good so I'm like this is a perfect encapsulation of WrestleMania right here but ultimately what you want is is, is the spectacle that's why WWE fans are out there saying well Roman versus the Rock Roman versus the Rock there is no value as a wrestling fan, to have Roman versus The Rock in a match, there's no value. What, The Rock is going to beat Roman Reigns for the titles? Who, who the fuck, what is this? Who cares? That, that's, that makes no sense. The Rock who hasn't been in, who hasn't wrestled in a long time? What are we, like, what are we doing? That's one thing. But the value of the show, the spectacle of The Rock versus Roman Reigns is important for WWE fans. Has nothing to do with the match. They could sit around and 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 pull figure fours on each other for five minutes, and it it wouldn't be a problem. So bringing bringing Austin back for WrestleMania, more so than more so than the Saudi show. You guys know what I think about the Saudi shows. 
to begin with. But on top of that, if you're a WWE fan and Steve Austin has a another return match in Saudi Arabia, I'd be fucking pissed off. I'd be a little teeved. I'd be a little peeved. You know, like Shawn Michaels deciding to have a comeback match in Saudi Arabia. I'm like, you know what? That's a that's a bit of a fuck you to the to, to fans in the U.S. Do your comeback on, on, on the soil here. Otherwise, it's pretty fucking transparent while you're doing it. I think it'd be I they I think they have to be careful with it because I think there's a big fuck you to that as well. I think Austin, you know, Austin coming back having a second match. I think it is for. It should happen on North American soil. It should happen on North American soil. But again, I think I think this is the kind of thing that they can absolutely do again this year. But as I said, the more they do it, the more the veneer of the thing is going to start to crack, and the novelty is going to wear off. And at some point, and there, this is inevitable. This is what a lot of wrestlers have problems with, but for multiple reasons, and I understand them. You got to know when to quit when you're ahead. Leave the crowd wanting more. It's, 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 a, it's a precept of, uh, of show business in general. You leave the crowd wanting more. You have your encore at the end of the concert. The audience is still up on their feet wanting another encore. Now nah, we'll come back next time. They'll, they'll want to see us again because they want, they want more. We'll come back again. It's just good business. A lot of wrestlers, Undertaker didn't know when to quit. Undertaker Undertaker had multiple times where he could have been like, I'm going to quit while I'm ahead, but he couldn't. Austin, I would assume, it's a good business head on his shoulders. He's, you know, he has to be careful as well because he, like John Cena, are involved in a lot of, uh, you know, projects in Hollywood, so on and so forth, you know, and, um, I'm convinced that John Cena pulled out of SummerSlam, even though it was only heavily rumored, but I'm convinced that he ended up pulling himself from SummerSlam last year because of the Vince allegations. Because of all of his Hollywood projects, he didn't want to be associated with that. Why would Why would anyone? Yes, he went to Vince's birthday party. Okay, let's talk about this another time. I want to stick to my point here. Whereas Austin as well has interests in Hollywood, TV and whatnot. He's, he's got to be careful. And I'd also be careful. I, I, if I'm Steve Austin, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the impression that the Undertaker left behind. And I'm not entirely 100% convinced I want to go down that exact route where I'm like, I can't stop. I want one more match. I want one more match. I want one more match. And I understand how wrestlers at some point go where it's like, I just I just have to wrestle. That's all I can do. That's all I know how to do. I'm addicted. I got to get this. I got to get one more match. Got to get one more. I understand. I completely understand. That's it. It's like, I'm all for. I'm all for another wrestling, another WrestleMania match. I think it's a very good idea. Uh, it continues to feed my uh, my agenda that WWE cannot build new stars. That's fine. But I like Stone Cold. I've always liked them. I like the match that the, that I liked how the match was uh, was put together for WrestleMania. I'm sure they can do something 
at WrestleMania 38. They want to bring him back for 39. That's fantastic. Uh, and I'm sure they'll, 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 they'll be able to do something as compelling. Then after that, after a second time, we have to start wondering about the dosage. Is, are, is this a little too much? Are we going a little too far here? We'll see. We'll see. I don't think I'll have time to speak about um, the NWA. Aww. It's not necessarily a subject I, I'm, I'm really burnt out on it. But you know what I'll probably end up doing? Probably end up talking about it on the Going Broadway show, which I record live on Fridays at lunch. Lunch hour. Come have lunch with Warren. And I record it for members only. It's live. Everything I don't talk about on the main show, I save for the members. More stuff just for the members because I, I love the members. So become a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes show channel right here i want to preview this weekend the uh new japan pro wrestling and stardom historic crossover show that, that that's not just words that's the name of the show <laughs> just in case you're you're not aware historic crossover show uh that is uh going to be taking place on november 20th this weekend uh from tokyo japan in the ariake arena uh, live only on pay-per-view. If you're excited to watch this uh, this show, just keep in mind that this is a pay-per-view. You can't just get it with your New Japan World subscription. Uh, it's available via New Japan, and I think uh, maybe uh, via Star uh, the Stardom World streaming service. I'm not sure, but I know it's available via uh, the New Japan service, uh, so you're going to want to uh, plunk down a, a few extra uh, dollars for this one and uh, I would say um, as far as you know they're not mincing words here when they're calling it the historic crossover match as uh, show excuse me historic and it's a cross right like it's an x crossover and I'm excited for it I'm excited for it for multiple reasons uh, and uh, for stuff that I feel that not enough, not enough people are talking about as well and hopefully we can get some conversation going hopefully hopefully you will listen to this and you will hit your you'll hit up your 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 you know your haunts your discords your twitters your wherever you hang out and you're like you know what uh this there's there's some significance here to this to this show that we we do need to be discussing um so the, you know the backstory here i'm not i'm not going to go too deep into it but bushi road parent company of new japan purchased stardom uh, a couple of years ago uh, and uh, you know we were all expecting some form of synergy that was going to happen right to use those delicious you know, delicious corporate terms uh, there, there was going to be some synergy between the two companies uh, moving forward on some level and, uh, and it turns out that um, and, and, and we saw that earlier this summer when um, when the New Japan Brass unveiled the IWGP World Women's Championship, uh, an IWGP title for women, which technically, right, puts it under the New Japan umbrella, uh, despite the fact that the belt itself is going to be part of stardom shows. Um, it, 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 from what I understand, it's, it, it's going to be included into, uh, into, uh, into the stardom environment, but also we'll be, we'll have that possibility to show up on 
New Japan shows as well, where the uh, International World Grand Prix uh, it has its, uh, ju- his, its official jurisdiction. Um, the, 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 the stardom fans that I follow, that I chat with, that I read and listen to, the, it, this show seems to be a bit of a mixed bag for them. Um, I, for, I think as New Japan fans... There's a lot of, um, and, and, and to a degree for New Japan fans as well, but I don't feel it as strong. For New Japan fans, I think what, what, uh, what, they're, what, what they're feeling, I think more of the, the, more of the hardcore uh, uh, New Japan fans, you know, they're, they're seeing women's wrestling showing up on, uh, on New Japan and they're like, this is, you know, this is strange, doesn't make quite sense because the women have their promotions. Why, why are we starting to try and dilute, you know, dilute isn't the right word, but why why suddenly uh, are we making this move when everything was working so so well, right? I significantly believe that this move was principally done to help uh, perception of New Japan uh, in North America, which runs multiple shows and multiple shows without women on it because it's New Japan. But when you go to North America, when you head to North America, uh, we have certain, we, you know, there's cultural differences and we have expectations to see, you know, women represented on cards uh, in, in, in any way, shape or form. Wrestling is specifically though. Because, <laughs> you know, you, could, you, you can have valets, but what I'm, you know, I mean specifically women wrestling on cards. So I think that this was a business decision to continue their expansion into North America. I think as uh, as uh, New Japan's relationship with uh, AEW has solidified, truly has become stronger and stronger. And now that New Japan feels that they have a a, a, a better window to attract fans to new japan well you know they 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 feel that they need to maybe cater to these sensibilities a little more which you know is very it's a very touch and go subject for multiple reasons i don't want necessarily to get into because i i can i can defend them really so i'm not you know i don't want to get into it too much so i think that you know there's a subset of fans of new japan fans that really don't care for this I myself, I think this is pretty cool. I think this, you know, at some point, you know, this is how you make progress. This is how you do change. You know, if you if you never expose people to new things, you know, you you have the you have the the platform, the venues, the capacity to expose people to to new experiences, new things. Why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you go ahead and do it? Why wouldn't you try, right? You know, maybe some of you right here are, you know, you don't necessarily listen to New Japan. You're listening to me talk about it. And I always talk about it with a certain amount of passion because I love New Japan. It's my favorite promotion. Um, and maybe you're like, you know what? Maybe eventually I will check this out. Maybe I'll, you know, I'll I'll text Warren. I'll DM Warren. I'll be like, hey, can you recommend me a couple of matches to start me off kind of thing? And, and, and you know... And, and as small as my platform is, I, you know, I'd like to think that we can, we can try to look at, we, we can try to, we can try different things. We can look at different things. And, you know, if you never experiment, you never know what's going to work. You never know if it's going to work or if it's going to fail. You're going to do your best for it not to fail, but sometimes it's just not going to work out. But honestly, trying is better than doing nothing. 
at least you tried to rock the boat. This, there's nothing good out of the status quo. Status quo in wrestling is the worst possible thing to happen in the wrestling business. The wrestling business is good when it's changing, when there's excitement, when there is possibility for uh, for the unexpected. That's when pro wrestling is at its best. When it's just the status quo, nothing changes and it's always the same and there's no possibilities for growth anywhere, it gets fucking boring. There's a little soapbox for you. The stardom fans that I also follow and 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 and, and chat with, again, they're a mixed bag. I have a lot of people who are very excited about the card. Are very excited to you know, very curious to see how these mixed matches go. But there's an underlying fear from a lot of a lot of fans as well that they're afraid that New Japan might swallow stardom that it just like eventually stardom just might end up becoming the women's division of new japan which is what a lot of fans are afraid of and i think it's a legitimate um i think it's a legitimate uh concern but hard to imagine in the very short to midterm i think things would have to get very dire for stardom to go down that route because if stardom is existing right now and doing well and doing better in the past two years than it ever has as far as live gates go pay-per-views pay-per-view buys uh, you know people uh, subscribing to the streaming services um, it's currently the number two promotion in japan as far as live attendance goes it's new japan and it's stardom the second the second biggest drawing wrestling company in the world in japan excuse me is not pro wrestling noah it's not ddt it's not uh, all japan it's stardom so if they there's no reason to fear short-term mid-term that this is going to happen you never know what can happen down the road of course I think the I think it becomes a a, a it can become a, a point of contention and discussion if financially things start going poorly for stardom. But there's such a good upswing right now. I think there's a lot of optimism in the stardom locker room uh, from the wrestlers. I think they're seeing a lot more opportunities being open to them, especially in regards with this card here. Uh, I you know. Uh, uh, I think there's a lot of optimism right now. I don't think that this is an acquisition that is meant to be a um, uh, uh, an absorption. I don't think that th- that this is that this is meant to just be swallowed up by New Japan. And here's our women. I don't think that's what it is. I think only the really the like the hardest of hardcores of 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 stardom fans who have no perception of the wrestling business are completely opposed to this because there are people who are extremely mad about this they're in the minority and i think they just don't have i I think they're fans and and that's fine but if they have any perception of how this can improve slash affect affect no question but even improve the business as it already has as the as uh, the 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 acquisition of Bushi Road has done so far in turning Stardom's f- uh, finances and security around, Rossi was not making. Uh, bless his heart, 
had, wasn't making all that much money uh, during the late 2010s with started it was scraping by I know this so if conditions improve for everyone for promoters but specifically for the talent what more do you want I think it's really people people who are truly mad about this people who are truly truly mad about this are mad about it because they don't they don't factor in any business aspects of pro wrestling they just see their their little thing and it's like okay So this is a very interesting card. I'm gonna uh, I'm, I'm gonna break it down, and we're gonna start with the main event going down. If you're okay with that, because I think the main event is is a significant. It, it, it's very significant. Significant. Uh, it's going to be uh, the finals of the IWGP Women's Title Tournament. I'm gonna crown the very first IWGP Women's Champion between Mayu Iwatani and. Kyrie, aka Kyrie Sane, for those of us here, Kyrie Hojo, uh, for others. Uh, so this is going to be the match that is going to top off this crossover show. Now these are women who have a long-standing rivalry. Uh, they've wrestled multiple times. These are the these two women are part of the old guard of New Japan. Fought many many times before, and now it's for the 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 creation of a brand new title whoever wins here is going to be the first and going to have their going to have their name etched in history mayu uh of course celebrated uh stardom wrestler considered to be the you know they call her the icon she's the face she's the, you know you know she's the uh she's the hiroshi tanahashi she's the john cena She's the one who's been around and, you know, who's been a draw, uh, who's done it all in the company and uh, and who they still lean on in, 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 in certain circumstances. She's still there. She was the SWA champion. She defended it at the Battle of on 44th Street a couple of weeks ago in October, uh, just before Halloween, against Kylan King on a New Japan of America show. Uh, but uh, afterwards, she she dropped it. She, uh, well, she didn't drop, excuse me, that's the wrong term. She vacated the title. So the SWA title, which is essentially, like, it's kind of, just so we're all clear here, and I don't want to take into consideration that everyone knows what I'm talking about. The SWA title is kind of like the, it's stardom's you know, foreigner title, where, you know, anyone who comes in from outside Japan or who want, can, can hold the title, and it's a title usually that's used to, to be defended elsewhere. So someone comes in uh, on an excursion, wins the title, goes back to their promotions and goes back to their territories, let's say in, in the UK, in the US, wherever, Mexico, and they defend the title. They defend the SWA title in their territories. Mayu held the title. Uh, uh, Shuri as well held the title. So recently it's been Japanese women who have been uh, holding uh, holding this um, uh this uh this championship but um after the the, the battle on 44th street pay-per-view uh mayu vacated the title um so so you know essentially there's no compromises on the big show there's no like 
oh, Mayu has a title, you know. So no, we're 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 coming in like clear focus. Mayu said herself, you know, uh, said it herself. Uh, you know, I want to focus on this title here. So that's adding some significance already to this finals. You you know, you're not having coming someone coming in already with a with a championship strapped around their waist. There's there's significance to uh, to the gesture of vacating the title. Um, so that's very interesting moving in here. Uh, and, and the women have been building this up. They've been uh, making this feel important. And uh, in, in, during the press conference, Kyrie Sane said that Antonio Noki, you know, she was pointing this out, was the first to carry the IWGP standard. And that brand has grown to this point. And she says that she wants to bring those letters into a new era. So, you know, connecting to the to the core of what the IWGP, the International Grand Prix symbol means. Iwatani says, you know, she she drove home the fact that this show is built for creating new eyeballs on the stardom product, right? Uh, a lot of fans came to us. This is what she said, translated, of course. A lot of fans came to us through showcase matches at the Tokyo Dome for New Japan. I'm wholly confident that this will create even new, even more new fans. If you come and check it out, you'll be drawn in. So, and as such, what these two women here are doing, and what the what Mayu made abundantly clear, this mat, this show exists to create new, fresh eyeballs to the stardom product. Maybe you're completely into. Uh, maybe you're completely into New Japan and you're not a, you know, a, you're not a Joshi person, you know, you can't get into it for whatever reasons. Well, Bushi Road, New Japan, Stardom, they're all banking on the fact that you're going to tune in to watch, uh, to watch all of this and you're going to be so excited about, about Joshi, about Stardom that you're going to, you're, you're going to sub, you're going to sub to Stardom World, you're going to, you're going to get, you're going to get real into it, Right. So this is the basis of the show here. But I can't put over enough how significant it is to have this show be main evented by this match. Mayu, Kyrie, these these two women are stardom megastars. Kyrie, of course, all the success in North America. Mayu is an icon in and about herself. She's probably, maybe not as well known to the general populace of North American wrestling fans as Kyrie saying this, because Kyrie had a whole other uh, window to the world as that, that Mayu had. But Mayu for Joshi, for, uh, for women's wrestling fans, she's absolutely significant. And these are icons. These are terribly talented, high-level premier athletes that are going to have a fantastic match in the main event because you know they're going to pour everything out to make sure that this show ends with a bang and it's ending the show i can't i look we've got in the semi-main event will osprey is not main eventing the show but even more significantly than this Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary friends. There's the great Muda who is having his advertised final match on New Japan for New Japan Pro Wrestling. 
and the women are main eventing. And I don't know how this is not bigger news than it is. Than is being reported. The great Muda is a legend. He is the legitimately the Hulk Hogan of Japanese pro wrestling. He commands respect. Ah, oh, he is a superstar to this day. He shows a saw him a couple of weeks ago on a New Japan show where he attacked the great Okan. He showed up, he unmasked. People lost their shit in the arena because he came up as a surprise. It, it, it would legitimately be like John Cena showing up out, showing up out of nowhere on a uh, on a Raw show without the music and the fanfare. People go nuts. It's the same thing. The Great Muda is having his last advertised show in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Who is main eventing this show? Mayu Iwatani and Kairi Sane. And yet, everything we're talking about over the past week or so is Billy Corgan. There's not enough women out there to put on a good wrestling show. Fucking Tyrus. The woke, the woke trolls hate me. My haters. This is all we're fucking talking about. We're talking, we're, we're doing performances off of Billy Corgan doing, doing the absolute the, the, the absolute uh, uh, promoter shtick just out there telling bullshit just to grab the headlines while in the meantime in Japan there is a historic show of where men and women will be wrestling not only on the same card but in the same matches and the women are main eventing What are we even doing? How is this not on the lips of every fucking wrestling fan? Oh, I know why. I'm being, I'm being hyperbolical here. This is significant. We're all getting pissed off at Billy Corgan, but then we have actual things that we can sink our teeth into. We have stuff happening. Important, real deal, number one, top tier stuff. The great Muda is one, he's, he's second from the top. His match is, it's behind Mayu and Kyrie. It's behind Osprey and Shota Umino. It's being main evented by women. And no one's letting, no one's, no one's connecting, knowing it, no one is bringing out the significance of this. We'll, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll come up, we'll come up with all sorts of arguments and counter arguments to at Billy to tell him you fucking suck. You don't know what you're talking about. But then when it's actually time, when we actually have something significant of importance, it's all flying. No, we're not talking about it. No, no uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have a stink over Sarah Logan. 
showing up, you know, who's going to be in the war games match? Oh, fine. This is meaningful. And it's important. And this is a, this is a crucial moment in Japanese professional wrestling history. I don't know what to tell you. I think Mayu should win the title if we're going to go down this route now. Now that I'm done shouting. I think Mayu should win the title because she, she is the last one left of the original stardom crew to still be there. She never left, actually. Io's gone, Kyrie left, she came back, she's a part-timer now, uh, Yoshiko, <laughs> you, know, it's like, you know, they all left, they all came, Yoshiko came back, I think she did a match or two last year, something like that, but you know, she, they all left, but Mayu never left, and Mayu on top of that, you know, uh, it's very, fairly well uh, uh, documented, she was a terrible pro wrestler when she started. Like she was bad. Like she was bad. You know the 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 reputation that she has for being clumsy and so on and so forth. It has. It, it, there's a lot of it that has to do with you know how she used to wrestle back back when she started, like in 2011, 2012, something like that. Um. So you know, she, she's uh she's always been there. She's. She's literally, like I said, the John Cena, the Hiroshi Tanahashi, where she, when everyone was going away, she put the company on her back. She always stuck around. She was always loyal, faithful, uh, always wrestled, has always maintained a, a high standard for herself. She's adored by the, by, by, by the fans. Um, and I think people would like to see her more. I think, I think Joshi fans would like to see her more in North America. It was a big deal that she showed up at Battle on 44th Street. And uh, I think people would be inclined to, I, I think that would draw more people to go see uh, a New Japan of America show knowing that Mayu Watani would be there. I think she's, I, I think there's a lot of value to her name and what she represents and she can still go. We're not talking like, a, this isn't a, a, a Ric Flair situation here where it's like, oh yeah, okay, she's, she's a name but she can't go anywhere. No, she's still fine. And she's, you know, she said it herself, uh, was it last year or the year but left? Fairly recently. Let's give ourselves a 24-month 24, 24 window where she said, you know, she feels like she's on the tail end of her career. She's 36? Let's just make sure. Oh my God, she's not even as old as I thought. She's 29. And she was talking about her career, ending, uh, putting her, uh, putting her, uh, her career to bed. Not even close to th as old as I. What did I, I think? Is it Kyrie? Who's? Then it's Kyrie, right? I'm, I, I have to be confused. And Kyrie's thirty-four, so that's probably what I was. Going. All right. Pardon me. So I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot of value, and and it would help cement her legacy for um i think it would cement her legacy even more for um for uh, uh for pro for for what she's brought to women's wrestling in japan being the first iwgp 
women's title, I think is a, I think being the first to carry it, I think would be an absolute uh, 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 honor for her and, and, and really a great exclamation mark on her career like a, something that something that she's really grown into it'd be fantastic i think it w- I, I, she's in a posi- she's in a position to transcend not unlike hiroshi tanahashi and john cena you know she's in this position i think you go all in on it because uh she she truly is the icon um and again you know nothing wrong with Kyrie saying winning it you know and I've argued in the past that you know putting it on Kyrie would mean instant name recognition in the US so I'm like if Bushi Road wants to really get serious about working sending more women from stardom uh overseas to do US shows not unlike TJPW's been doing right uh you know sending a lot sending a lot of their women to work the indies and you know, pop up on AEW and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, if they want to get in on this, they have to, you know, if they want to have the perception of being the premier Joshi show, you know, to the American audience, uh, they, you know, they have to push hard. And I'm like, what better way than to belt up a wrestler that everyone in the US that has been a wrestling fan for the past five to six years will know of? Well, I've seen wrestle and probably fell in love with at the same time because Kyrie was fantastic, right? Um, so, you know, the thing that, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I used to be more inclined, you know, I, I always tend to think of the business side of things first and foremost, right? Um, so I was like, the Kyrie, Kyrie saying makes a lot of sense to me. And I, and I think it's not a bad choice either, but Kyrie's a part-timer is this something that you is this a title that you want to debut on someone who's not a full-time member of your roster it could be a choice you know you, again you know if you want to do the part-timer thing and have her work more maybe in north america look i don't know there's a there's a lot of good to be said for uh for mayu uh for Mayu getting the title here. I think that's what they should do. I think it, w- it would be a significant, uh, I think it'd be a significant milestone for a career, which she absolutely deserves. But I'm telling you, I still don't know. I still do not understand how this is not that the women headlining a show where the great Muda is also on the show having his last match in New Japan I don't know how this is not the main talking point across all of pro wrestling right now I don't get it and look I'm not I'm not you know I'm not stupid I'm, and I've been around the block a couple of times and I get it right they are saying this is the great Muda's last match that doesn't mean it's Kaiji Muto's last match in New Japan I fucking get it I know that from here to February Kaiji Muto could show up and have one last match with one dude on the roster I get it okay but the significance of the great Muda being on this card and being its last his last match while 
Two women are main eventing that same show. There's probably a story in that too that we don't know. Let's break down the rest of the card. IWGP United States Heavyweight title match. Will Ospreay, the champ, is going to be defending against Shota Umino. It's a match I am ridiculously excited to see. I, I saw their match that they had at uh, Royal Quest 2 a couple of months ago. I thought it was very, very good. Uh, and But to the point where I was like, they're holding back. Uh, you, you know, sometimes you, you when you watch enough wrestling and you watch enough specific wrestlers where you're like, Nah, you're not you're not pulling everything out right now. I know I know you're holding. I know you're holding something back right now. I know you're not I know you've got something under under your sleeve here. You're, you're keeping one in the chamber. I wasn't expecting this. But you know, at the at the Battle Autumn show, Will Ospreay defends his title against Tetsuya Naito in a fantastic, excellent, excellent match. Shota Umino comes out to challenge him for the title. Excuse me, Roughneck Shota Umino. And, and, and we're going to underscore here, we're going to emphasize this here. Here at the Mr. Warren Hayes Show, we are going to continue to refer to Shota Umino by his given name, Shooter Shota Umino. I don't know what this Roughneck business is about. Kind of corny. Um... So they had a great match at uh, at Royal Quest Two. I'm excited for this one. Uh, and you know, if I'm a if I'm a betting man, I say they put the title on on Umino. I think I think they're look. They bring they brought him back with fanfare, and uh, you know you know big surprise return at Battle Autumn. Went into the audience to celebrate. You know, as I pointed out, you know, uh, still holding on to what Pop Mox taught him. Uh, and um, I think they belt. I think they belt him up. Sh Shoda is super over in the United States as well. He's super over because of the John Moxley rub. Still, so you know, if they want this this kid to hit the American scene a little more, they want him to be the representative. Whatever, I think. I think it's a good idea to to belt it up, belt him up like that. And then what that does is that it opens up Will Ospreay for Wrestle Kingdom. For a special match, for something uh, that uh, maybe you know, maybe a few people have been anticipating for a while now, that doesn't need to have any titles involved. It you know, that's the way I see it. And you can even go so look. I think it's fair. It's a fairly safe bet that John Moxley would be uh, that John Moxley will be on the Wrestle Kingdom show. I think that's a fairly safe bet. Why doesn't he come back for his uh, US title and then take it take him off of his uh, of his son or try to? We got Kazuchika Okada, uh, Toru Yano and the Great Muda taking on the United Empire faction of Aaron Hanare, Great Okan, and Jeff Cobb. As I mentioned in my unhinged ranting, uh, this is part of uh, Keji Muto's retirement tour. This is advertised as the Great Muda's last match in New Japan. Again, I need to emphasize this just to make sure that everyone knows that 
so that no one will act so that no one will actually me's actually actually's me will actually's me um i i i know that there is a that the fact that they're insisting on great muda absolutely opens the door for a kaiji mudo match in new i know it's fine we're good let's keep going let's keep it rolling um but the uh uh you know but uh look this is going to be what it is it's going to be a feel-good moment it's fine we get a 10-man tag match where lij bushi hiromu takahashi sanada shingo and tetsuya naito are going to be taking on the United Empire faction of Francesco Akira, Gideon Gray, Kyle Fletcher, Mark Davis, and TJP. I think we know who's taking the pin in this match. Um, I am a big, 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 big fan of LIJ multi-man matches. This is going to be a blast because you've got you've got the heart and soul here. Um, uh, still no sign of uh, of uh, 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 well, still still no sign. There's no sign of Titan. In, in here, he'll probably come out here, but uh, you know, I think this is going to be a, another feel good moment. They're going to have the we're going to have the LIJ guys go over uh, lots of seeds to sow here in regards to World Tag League and um, Super Junior Tag League uh, because uh, Bushi and Titan that's weird. That, see, this is why it's weird that Titan is not in this match, but Bushi and Titan are in Super Junior Tag League, as are Francesco Akira and TJP, the current. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. And uh, uh, Sonata and Naito are also in World Tag League, as are Aussie Open. So there you go. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Now we're going to start talking about the matches that really make up the, the mystique of this, uh, of this card here. Because there's a lot of mixed tag team matches here first of all we're going to have a uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Utami Hayashishta versus um uh Hiroki Goto and Maika uh so from what we understand all of these matches are going to be under um mixed tag rules which kind of sucks I can understand that New Japan might be a little uh a little wary about the intergender stuff, which I think is, you know, they're being pussies. <laughs> but I look, baby steps, I guess, you know, so on and so forth. I like the composition of these matches, right? Uh, Tanahashi, of course, the you know the old school ace. I've heard someone call him the legacy ace recently, and that's a really good, uh, that's a really good uh, term for him. With Utami. Um, one half of uh, uh, of that uh, extraordinary ta- uh, extraordinary match of the year candidate from last year with Shuri that she put on just absolutely outstanding stuff, uh, fantastic wrestler, and you know arguably maybe uh, and and one of the top women in 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 stardom right now. So you know she she fits in with Hiroshi Tanahashi here with uh, Maika and Hiroki Goto and Maika. It, it, for, you know for those of you who are familiar with Hiroki Goto Micah is kind of like she's the female Goto whereas she's you know she's kind of a she's kind of a samurai you know they do the waterfall thing and in the back you know they do the they do the whole 
it's, they have the same type of energy. I think like this is a pairing where I'm like, huh, this, you know, this works. I can, you know, these are the, you know, they're the warriors, the, 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 the Bushido code warriors. So I'm like, okay, let's let, I'm okay with this. This is fun. And Tanahashi and, and Tommy, I don't know if you guys saw this on, on, on Twitter, TikTok, it popped up last week with the um, with all the hype, the the initial hype for the uh, uh, the announcement of the card and so on and so forth. But Utami and Tanahashi did a TikTok, you know, one of these where they're dancing, and you know Tanahashi, you know, he's you know he's very charismatic and uh, comfortable performing for people. He you know he does the air guitar shit. You know, y'all know about Tanahashi, right? But Utami is all business, right? Utami's, she, you know, she doesn't hit the ring and, you know, you know, do the air guitar and, and, and puts on a show. No, she comes in to beat people up. She's maybe closer to a Kazuchika Okada than she is to a Hiroshi Tanahashi if we're drawing uh, parallels as opposed to comparisons. Parallels. So, so Tanahashi, he's doing the dance and, you know, he's, you know, fucking... 40 plus year old Tanahashi doing one of these dances and he's doing one of these and he's doing the moves and Utami is is trying to do it with him well she's doing the basic moves but she is so uncomfortable it is adorable it is so fucking funny because you have Tanahashi who's just doing the shit she's trying to keep on and at some point he starts doing the air guitar shit she completely breaks like nice try that was fucking hilarious. And we get a mixed eight-man tag team match. Where we have Black Desire, which is a tag team made up of Momo Watanabe and Starlight Kid. And the Suzuki-gun duo of Duki and El Desperado. Taking on Meltier. Didn't pronounce that right for sure. Natsupoi and Tom Nakano. And the Suzuki Gun Boys of Taichi and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. I watched the press conference into this, and these two teams were featured during the press conference. So, and it was so much fun to see their interactions. Uh, Natsupoi and Tom Nakano brought lunch because this was happening over lunchtime in Japan. So they brought lunch for Kanemaru and Taichi who were like overwhelmed and you know we're like what the hell is going on so they opened up they, they had little bags they had a little bag lunch little bento boxes or whatever and they, they just give them to the dudes and you know Kanemaru's like you know old you know Kanemaru being grumpy and while Tai Chi's you know looking like a complete scumbag and, was, and he's just gobbling the food down that it was delightful but the highlight of that press conference was Despe, Duki, Starlight Kid, and Momo. And uh because they were they were all into it. They were like, this is I'm so excited for this match. And for this team particularly. Because they are all scumbags. Like it's Suzuki Goon, right? They're already Doki Desperado is a, is the king of the scumbags. Starlight Kid, Momo, scumbags. I am so excited to see how this goes down. And then you realize that New Japan is sort of pushing 
for you know these tag teams to have names like like they they gave a name to uh, you know they're creating merch for some of these tag teams like Goto and Micah they have their very you know they have their own line of t-shirt and they did the same thing for De for Desperado and Starlight Kid of course like the two only uh, like Starlight Kid is the only uh, uh, wrestler in stardom if I'm not mistaken who wrestles with a mask Desperado is not the only one who wrestles with a mask in New Japan but you know the association was very, very easy to do especially since they're they're scumbags <laughs> and and they and they have their own merch they have a fantastic t-shirt I am so stoked for this match but here's something that I, I want to I want to mention here because during the match they're like Desperado starts talking about how he's you know He's connecting with Starlight Kid and, you know, how they're, you know, they're on the same level. And he's like, you know, the next thing that I want to do, Starlight Kid and I were talking. And I'd like, you know, I'd like, I'd love to get her into a match with, uh, you know, uh, with uh, with myself against uh, Jun Kasai and 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 Rina Yamash Yamashita. And I'm like, what? Why are we? Okay. Cause, and this is stuff that can happen through... Uh, um, uh, 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 Shinoku's, um promotion, right? JTO Wrestling, which Desperado wrestles on often and does the deathmatch shit with Jun Kasai, right? I'm like, what? This would be fantastic. What are you talking about? Let's like, let's do this soon. Let's. And this was all. I you know I don't speak a lick of Japanese, but this was all coming through the the New Japan Global. Uh, translations on Twitter. Then all of a sudden, you know, I realized that that tweet gets deleted. I'm like, oh, did, did someone speak out of turn here? I thought, I was like, that fucking rules. Desperado, Starlight Kid versus Rina and, and, and uh, Jun Kasai. Are you kidding me? And here's another little tidbit that I found interesting also from, from their part of the press release, uh, press uh, conference. They were talking about how um, they were talking about how they were ready to disregard the rules of mixed match challenges because Desperado is a I, you know and don't, they were, we've wrestled women before it doesn't matter we can do this it's fine like well, yeah. and they were outright saying ah, we won't follow the rules we won't follow this shit who cares. Kidoki. So, you know, if there's ever a, a, a tag match where we could see maybe some intergender stuff, well, we'll see. But, you know, they, they dropped the seed hit there. Could be really interesting. I mean, let's go, right? And if there's ever a match where it could happen, it's with all these scumbags. <laughs> it all makes sense. And we got a mixed tag team match. Another one, Shiri. It's going to be uh, uh, teaming up with Filthy Tom Lawler to take on Julia and Zack Sabre Jr. And what I find interesting in this pairing here with Shuri and Tom Lawler, it was the it was the Shuri and Utami match of last year, that one, the match of the year one, that Tom Lawler watched and converted him to watching Joshi. That's That, that was his entry point. And from that point on, from that point on, as you know, Tom Lawler, you know, he has, uh, he's, you know, he works Observer Radio and so on. He has been a vocal proponent of stardom from that point on, from that match. So I would not even be remotely surprised that Lawler 
requested this. I said, I want to wrestle with Shuri. I want to be her tag team partner. I wouldn't even be surprised. I would not be surprised at all. As far as Julie and Zack Sabre Jr., that's a very fun pairing. I think Julie's from London. Not that it really matters, but but the, Julia has a ground game. Like she, don't get me wrong. She's not like the she's not Zack Saber Jr. because of course you know the, Zach, where he's landed in his career, he's a, he's in a league of his own, I guess. But you know the idea that they're both technical wrestlers, or at least you know have some ground game. I think that's an interesting pairing as well. Um, see. I, I feel like they're leaning into personalities here. You know, you know when my people tell me that in New Japan there's no characters? It's not a question of characters. It's personalities. It's personalities. That's what makes this rich and fun. We get a uh, six-woman tag match here. The Queen's Quest group of Azumi, Lady C, and Saya Kamitani are going to be taking on the Donna Del Mondo group of Himeka, Mai, Sakurai, and Tekla. Should be a lot of fun. A pure uh, trios match here, which are always exciting in New Japan. Eight-man tag match. The chaos group of Leo Rush, Tomohiro Ishii, Yo, and Yoshihashi be taking on the House of Torture. Evil Show, Yujiro, and Dick Togo. Y'all already know what I think about that one. And then on the pre-show, we're going to get um, we're going to get Alex Coughlin. Clark Connors, Gabriel Kidd, and Kevin Knight taking on Fujita, uh, Oscar Lube, uh, Oiwa, and uh, Yuto Nakashima. A bunch of uh, New Japan Dojo graduates and not quite graduates yet. Good to see Gabriel Kidd back out there. And there will also be a Rambo, a stardom Rambo on the pre-show. If you don't know what a... At least I think it's going to be a Rambo. I don't know. I'm open to anything, but... You know, this this is going to be the match where they're going to put as many stardom women on there just to file them out there. Hey, everyone, let's get a paycheck. Let's go. And you're going to find out. You're going to see all the rest of the, the, the stardom crew there. You know what? This is going to be a fun show. It's going to be a fun show. And I want... I... I want everyone to get out there and tell your favorite podcasters, tell your favorite news people. I want you all to say, I want you all to reach out to them and tell them, why the hell are you not going apeshit bananas over the fact that Kyrie and Mayu Watani are headlining a show despite the fact that the great Muda is booked on that show and is advertised as his last match in New Japan. Why are you not putting that over? That's what I want you to do. That, that's your homework. That's your homework. As we wrap up the weekly wrestling inspection. That's right. I just took the opportunity to finish my soda. Mm-mm. That's a, this was a long one? Was this a long one? I lost, completely lost track of time. And there's so much stuff I didn't talk about yet. Like the NWA. But honestly, look, we just, there's too, there's been too much of that shit. There's been too much, too much focus on nonsense. 
And I, I much prefer that we focus on real significant events in women's wrestling as opposed to garbage thoughts from attitude era brained promoters. So on that note, I want to wish everyone a very, 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 very good week. Uh, I hope you enjoy everything that you watch and enjoy and consume. I hope you love, I hope you kiss your loved ones. I hope you you pet your 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 pets and feed them and give them water too, and you know, take care of them, take them out. Um, but I, I, I thank you mostly for tuning in, for listening, uh, either here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Consider subscribing uh, or uh, on your favorite podcast app, you know, Apple uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, five-star reviews, five-star ratings on Spotify, all that good stuff. But I've talked enough for tonight. I'm going to leave you on that note. Be sure to be back here on, be sure to be back here on Thursday for the Dynamite review. Uh, AEW Full Gear review is up and ready. You can listen to it right now. Otherwise, I love you all. And I'll see you next time.